Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, and for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. FaceTime, and this is specifically talking about the FaceTime you have with God. That's the number one connection uh, that we're supposed to make, the number one meeting in our day. And so if you're here for the first time, thank you. Some new faces this morning. It means a lot. Specifically, so the first week we talked about the reason we connect. And then last week we talked about character in your connection. That's really putting your heart into that relationship because that's what we do with the most important relationships in our lives. We actually invest a little bit. And today we're talking about consistency in your connection. The series foundation is Jeremiah 24, 7. And Jeremiah 24, 7 says, I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me with all their heart. And that's really what God's after. He's after our heart. And so today, if you're taking notes, we're going to talk about the 10 principles that make consistency personal. I won't say it again, but that's it. 10 principles. We're going to look at the life of David for that. And so the big idea about the whole FaceTime series is if you remember before iPhones and, and Skype and all that, if you ask somebody for some FaceTime, hey, I need some FaceTime, it was a super important conversation. A FaceTime is a face-to-face meeting with somebody important. It means you're 100% present. It means you're 100% present and that you have or they have your undivided attention, right? And so the number one relationship you're going to do that in or need to have that in is with God because he's the source of all things in your life. And so when you think about the consistency in your relationship, you have to identify two things. And here are kind of the, 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 the cornerstones that we're building on today. How often do I look to God? And when I look, how am I looking? Am I looking to him like G, if, and if you're a Chevy person, there's no offense here, okay? Am I looking like GM in 2008 when I needed a bailout? Is that how I look? Or am I looking like Acts 2, First Church, expectant, understanding, believing there's something greater going to happen, Right? And so um, Matthew 7, 7 through 8 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. That's kind of in the middle of a seek sandwich. If um, I don't believe that Matthew 7 was supposed to start where it did. Matthew 6, 33, the previous chapter kind of says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. So you have this seek sandwich from the end of Matthew chapter 6 to verse 8 of Matthew 7. And so a lot of people will put to bed the seek first the kingdom of God part, and they go right to Matthew 7 and, and start reading it like it's a new, but really it's a continued, right? It's a, it's a to be continued. And so what's really important is when we look, we should be looking, if you remember last week, we talked about when God says to seek me, what he's saying is he wants to be found, right? And we talked about Heather always losing her cell phone, but the reality is in our house, I saw a meme this week, this Key and peel. not that I can push that through church, but I just did, Okay. And, and he's sweating. Uh, I don't know. Well, it's peel. He's sweating profusely. And it says, when your wife asks you to find something and you didn't, and then she goes looking. Like, that's it. So Heather's one of the best seekers in our house. She is the best seeker in our house, except for her cell phone. Okay? And so then when we look, how should we look? And I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures that are going to kind of reinforce uh, when we look. And it's the seek God's face always. First Corinthians, or First Chronicles, rather. Verse uh, chapter 16, verse 11 says, 
Seek God's face always. This means at all times, on all occasions. So daily, right? And then in Hebrews eleven six, it says, God rewards those who diligently seek him. Diligently is one of those, you know, educated words. It's one of those words we don't use very often. And sometimes we uh, appropriate this or connect this with discipline. And that seems heavy to like work. But diligently just means to have care and make a conscious effort. We're making a conscious effort. So God rewards those who diligently seek him. And then in Psalm 63, 1, God, you are my God. This is David. I earnestly seek you. Earnestly is another one of those words, but all it means is with a sincere and intense belief. A sincere and intense belief because Psalms 9, 10 says, those who know your name and trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you, those who seek you, those who want some FaceTime with you. And so those who know you trust you because they have relationship. The only reason they can know you is if, is if and because there is relationship there. Remember, Jesus came to restore that relationship. And so then we are to always diligently, earnestly seek, which means we should care and remember to seek with sincerity in our heart because God's the one who created us. So that's answer the first question. The second one is how do you look, right? So how do you look? I already mentioned Matthew 6, 33, seek first. So we're going to look first, okay? That means at the start of every day, we're going to look. And if that's 10 seconds before my feet hit the floor, that is what it is. But it's a good way to come out and go, you know what, Lord, I recognize that today is a gift. This is the day you've made. It's the greatest day of my life because it's the only one that I have. And so then what, what's been done is done and, and what is coming is coming. You're the God of that and you're the God of that, but you're the God of today also. And so I'm not going to forget that. So I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. So we're going to seek first. And then we're going to look patiently. Micah 7, 7 says, I will look to the Lord and I will wait patiently. That's a, one of the hardest things to do as a believer, right? Because we can't see it. And so we get impatient. But it says to wait patiently. And then Colossians 3.23 says, set your mind and keep focus daily on the things of heaven, not, not of earth. And that's kind of the first half of that scripture. The last half says, and when you do it, do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord. But it's with a focus. And it's, uh, that's Colossians 3.2, by the way, not 3.23. That's probably a typo because 3.23 is my favorite. And so whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, think on these things. So we're going to think on the good. So we're going to be, we're going to seek first. We're going to be patient in that. We're going to be focused in it. And we're going to believe good, right? It's so easy for negative to slip into our mind. We start thinking about, well, it's what has God not done or what, what am I expecting? What have I put God's name on that I've, I've created and I put God's name on and he hasn't came through because it was me and not him, right? And so, it's, so then it needs to be good. We need to look good, right? And so God's will for your life here is that it is going to be as it will be in heaven. That's why we pray Matthew 6, 10. And so when we look to God, it's with devoted attention to him. That's what that FaceTime is all about because of who he is. He's the author and the founder He's the perfecter. He's the finisher of our faith. And so then when we look and how we look has a lot to do with our success in life. When we look and how we look has a lot to do with success in our life. Because if you think about it for one second, life is all about who you know, not what you know, right? You can trace all of your success probably to a relationship in your life, right? Well, I, got, I, was, I was in a bind. I was in a pinch. I had this, I had that. Who do you know? That's where we go. We always go to, okay, who do we know for this? What do I know for this? And now, now I'll actually, you know, fill out the requisition. So um, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Everybody agrees with that. Say, so, yeah, yeah. 
And so then, who's the most important person that you need to know, that you need to be in a relationship with? Who's the source of all things good? And so you really have to ask yourself, am I investing my time wisely in the right relationships, right? Or do I just have this on the back burner when I need it, right? Is it the one relationship I have or invest in? Is it with God? And so if you think about a few of the most important relationships in your life, and I'm going to ask you to go there for just a second. As you go there, um, friend, spouse, maybe it's a neighbor, the neighbor that you only see this much of right over the fence. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's teammates if you're in sports right now. Do you gain trust and do you build depth in those relationships accidentally? No, no, there's, there's, there's no way to do that. Odds are you invest. And the more you invest, the more you get out, right? It's just like the bank. The more I put in, the more I can take out. And so real relationships take time. Otherwise, they're just acquaintances. And that's kind of a hard truth, but it's real, right? It's the same way with God. We don't stumble into a great relationship with God. We don't wake up and all of a sudden be like, oh, wow, me and God are tight today. Like, best buds. Tight. It's the same way with God. And so we have to be devoted. We have to be intentional. We must prioritize our time with him. That's why we talk about relationship, building relationships. So gathering community, growing in your relationships, your relationship with God and your relationship with others. So we can actually go as believers, go as followers. Let's go and be salt and light in our community. Now, the crazy thing is none of us view relationship building as a task or a chore to do. We don't go, oh, man, I gotta, man, I gotta spend more time with my wife today. I can't even believe that. I gotta go and take Oscar on a one-on-one. I have to go take Kaz to whatever, right? We love the people that we're in relationship with. We love it. We find time to do it. They actually take priority. Matter of fact, sometimes we actually, the most important people in our life tend to, we have to have, we have a list, right? And if your spouse isn't first after God, that's a problem, right? And so, but if it's like, I'd much rather go over here and do this than to be with you. The reason you'd much rather go do that is because you've invested more in that relationship and you're actually going to invest more again, right? And so we don't view those relationships that we love to be in as tasks to do. Yet when it comes to our relationship with God, we do. Because it's up to us to engage and we find him here. We find him in prayer. We find him in worship. We find him in sitting still and actually just listening, right? There's a lot of ways to find him if we're intentional with it. And so if we looked at relationship building as something we had to do, most of us wouldn't be close to anybody, right? We'd be like, and, and the reality is the people who suck the life out of you, you're not really in good relationship with them anyways, right? They're going to call you and they're going to keep calling you, right? Because you bring life to the relationship. But the reality is the people who are draining you, you tend to unplug from and move away from, right? And so um, there's a process in, in building a relationship. And so investing in a real relationship requires love. It requires trust and it requires devotion. It requires devotion. And devotion is that consistent, always, earnestly, diligently, every day, right? And so it's not, a, it's not a transaction. Relationships are not transactional. Your relationship with God is not transactional. It's actually a discipline, and it's relational. It's relational. And so it's going to be hard to make friends if every time somebody is nice to you or um, somebody comes up to you, you think they want something from me or this has to be an exchange. There's no transaction to be made when you're meeting, when you're having a FaceTime with God. You're actually there for the pure enjoyment of growing closer and getting better so you can be more because that's what God wants for you. And so then it's a two-way street. This is why spiritual disciplines are super important, right? And we, that was just two words that Dusty, I really don't want to hear, spiritual discipline. And so the reality is we don't always feel like reading our Bible, right? 
And that's because it doesn't have the priority that it needs to have. And that's okay. And, and by the way, you can't, you can't look at your Bible like you look at the gym. It's easy to go at the first year and go, man, I'm going to crush it this year. I'm going to lose 25 pounds and I've got 28 to go. You know what I'm saying? And so you can't look at it like that and go, well, I'm going to go all in and I'm going to work out twice a day for two hours every time because after a week of that, you're exhausted and you quit. And then next year rolls around and we do the same thing. And that's how a lot of us approach our relationship with God. And so it's got to be small, incremental steps, right? And so because discipline leads to a transformed desire, that's the reality of it. Discipline is going to lead. This is probably the biggest bullet point you can have today that's not from the Bible. I can put scripture to this if you'd like. But discipline leads to transformed desires. God's going to work in that relationship. You're going to see more of him because you're actually investing. And then it's going to grow. And you guys end up ratcheting each other up to where you're actually walking in a full-time relationship with God, which is amazing. And so just because I don't like reading the Bible or praying or worshiping or it doesn't just make my list, I'm tired. I think what's so unique about where we are in society today and the pace of life is we say we don't have time. And I'm busy, which is a great excuse, right? But the reality is you make time for what's important to you. You make time for what's important to you. No matter how hectic or chaotic your life is, you're going to make time for what is important to you. And I think the other side of that is going, oh man, like my life, like our kids are doing this and, and my car's doing this and, and I've, I've, got to, I've got to work 40 hours of overtime. Those are all the reasons that you need to face time with God, not a reason that you don't, right? And so discipline leads to a transformed desire. And so then here's an example. I talked about exercise, but when you eat, if I actually get disciplined in my eating, what happens? I tend to look better. I tend to feel better. I do have a confession. We had cookies last night for the first time this year, and I didn't eat as many as I normally do, okay? I had three, and I was like, I'm good. I'm really good because my, my belt is at the very end right now, and I want to keep it that way, right? I want to get a new belt. And so, but if you have discipline in your eating, you tend to lose weight. You tend to look better. You tend to feel better. Same with exercising. If you're disciplined with your money, it tends to go farther. And instead of working for money, your money tends to work for you if you're disciplined with your money, right? And what about those subscriptions that we all just have like 47 of? I can't, like my card got hit for fraud this week and I got six email notifications. Your, uh, your renewal on this didn't work. I'm like, dang, I don't need that anyway. It's like, I don't need any of these anymore. Like, why do I even have these? And so anyways, it's good. It's good when there's discipline in eating exercise. It's the same thing, the same way in our relationship with God. And so it's the same way with spirituality. So then to get started, you have to stay started. To get started, you have to stay started. I started with three minutes a day and it turned into something amazing. One of my favorite quotes is motivation will get you started, but habit will keep you going. So it's about creating healthy habits, developing healthy habits, because behind the motivation to get you there is the memory of who God is, right? And if you've not experienced that moment with God where you actually found him as savior, and I would love to, to meet with you after service, they have a conversation, but it's the, it's the motivation from that memory that actually allows you to walk in, in a relationship with him or have those FaceTime moments with him, right? And so your memory is your motivation. It's your memory of who God is. And so for me, it was a day that I was sitting in, I was in a really big church and I was back in the risers in the, in the eighth section of risers on the 17th row and I'll never forget the moment that I decided, yep, today's my day. I believe in this with all my heart. and I'm going to do that. I'm going to make that decision. I'm going to follow God the rest of my life. Everybody has a moment like that. And if you don't, 
talk to me after service. But that moment is what fuels you. The memory, and I love this quote, your memory is your motivation. Your memory is your motivation. But if we forget that memory and we only dwell on the negative things, we really forget who God is and who he was in that moment. Because who he was in that moment is who he wants to be in your whole life, right? And so it fuels your devotion with him. It's why we look to him every day with an expectation. Because he wants the human race to experience that moment. He wants us to experience heaven on earth. And so if you've not experienced that yet, I would love to talk to you after service. And so let me, let me transition us. We see the result of Jesus' devotion and discipline during his temptation. It's in Matthew chapter 4. And there's 40 days that, that Jesus is just going through it, right? And he's fasting. He's in the wilderness. And that's real discipline, by the way. It's 40 days of just, and I don't know if I've told you guys this story. We had, I had a worship leader one time that decided that she was going to do this exact same thing. She was only going to drink water. And about day seven, she looked like death, okay? That's just the best way to say it. And I said, Laura, girl, you need some food. And she's like, I haven't come. And I'm like, that's not good. That's not going to do it anymore, right? And so you're, uh, bad news, you're not Jesus, okay? And so, so then with, uh, so we took her to IHOP afterwards, and she had like a half a biscuit, and, and we progressed, and it was good. And so, the devil tested Jesus. He threw three different types of temptation at him. And Jesus came, overcame all of those temptations with scripture, with truth, not theory, with truth. It's, it was not about, well, let me, let me go back and see what CNBC says about this or whatever your favorite channel is. I don't watch any of that. So if that's offensive, I apologize. Okay. <laughs> Jesus knew that to withstand the enemy, he needed good heart knowledge. He had to have a belief in his heart. And that happened by regular time of investing with his father. That's why several times in scripture, it said Jesus went off to pray. He went off to be by himself. And so then he knew it and he knew how to apply it. So when the time of testing came, he overcame with truth. He overcame with truth. And so then how regularly are you investing in your relationship with God? It's your personal relationship. You can't ride the coattails of your grandparents. I've had so many people say, well, my grandma was, was this. Okay. Well, my grandma, well, just because your grandma was this doesn't mean you're that. Right? Just because your mom was this doesn't mean that you are that. You are your own person. God made you with your own thumbprint. So you ain't right on her thumbprint or, or their thumbprint anymore. And so how regularly are you investing? How often are you intentionally learning truth so you can overcome the battles in your life? Because that's, that's what a FaceTime moment, at the root of it, that's it, right? Do you recognize that you need to create a healthy habit of reading your Bible? Oh, man, it's a big book. Start with a verse a day. You can start so simple. You can start so simple. And what's unique about the Bible is you can read that same verse every day and it'll say something different to you if you're really engaged. Do you need to focus on spending time in prayer? This is so good. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people and they're like, well, I pray on my way to work. Well, you can pray on your way to work. However, it's going to rain or snow or somebody's going to cut you off or there's going to be a billboard that you're going to be like, what, what is that? And that's distraction. So that's not a real FaceTime with God because you're not fully present in that moment. So do you need to focus on spending uh, time in prayer every day? Do you want to connect with God through worship, through gratitude, through generosity? A lot of people here in this great state spend time with God outside. They go and find him at the reservoir or on the mountain or on the ski hill or on the bike trail or, or wherever. And that's great. Do you need to do more of that? So it's not about, well, I just got to go, I just got to go to Genesis and start. Don't go start Genesis. Don't start there. Okay. If God's really put on your heart to start in Genesis, God bless you. Go to the New Testament, open Matthew, and learn about who Jesus is, because that's what will change your life. That's the example we follow, right? And so I tell people all the time, 
The Old Testament we learn from, there's so much great depth in the Old Testament. You learn from that. We use those examples, but we live. Jesus came. There's this line, Jesus came. The veil was torn. And now we walk in freedom because of who Jesus is. And so then Jesus came. And so go to the New Testament. That's where you're going to start. And I can help you with that too. And if you need a Bible before you leave today, they're on the back shelf. Grab it on your way out. It's from us for you. It doesn't cost you a thing. And we are happy to help you with that. So all that said, you cannot stumble into a relationship with God. To wrap up the last three weeks, I want to look at the discipline and the devotion of David. We talked about these 10 principles, and they're not going to take me long. And here's the thing. Discipline leads to a transformed desire. Daily discipline in your spiritual life is going to lead to a transformed desire. And here's what you see in Acts 13, 22. God says, I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, conforming to my will and purpose, who will do all, everybody say all, all my will. All of it is like all of it, right? And so there's no way to get around that. Now, you all know that David wasn't the best example, that he was a murderer and he committed adultery and, and a lot of other things. And so it's a phenomenal example of where we are in life. Not that you've done any of those things, but, but even if you've done something, well, God can never love me. Yes, he can. He says, David is a man after his own heart. And I want to show you why. Not the best example. God saw good in him. God sees good in you. God sees good in you, okay? And so why is David considered a man after God's own heart? He submitted to God's will. He was obedient, and he regularly repented. Even after every dumb decision and horrible mistake and evil thing, he came back to God. God, I'm so sorry. He repented. So he lived solely for God. It was, God, I know that it's you through me. So, man, I blew it again. It's my bad. Okay, won't do that again if you've seen the Green Mile. God knows I won't do that again. Okay, so we should all aspire to be called the same. People after God's own heart. We want to be after his heart. Let's look at David's devotion just a little bit deeper. It's FaceTime, right? What did this look like for David? And what can we take, what can we take from these 10 points and apply to our lives so that we can walk a little bit closer and engage a little bit deeper? And so if we pay attention to Scripture... And I'm going to reference scripture here. And then at the end, there's 10 points. We'll screenshot this slide, okay? Because if you're taking notes, that's amazing. However, 10 is a lot. And the action step today, spoilers, is to, is to choose one, okay? And so David in his writing, he's got his whole heart out. And, and here's what we should do. Adopt one of these. So the first one is this. He was humble. David was humble. This is Psalms 62.9. And Psalm 62.9, I'm going to read it here in just a second. But it says, lowborn men are but a breath. The highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together, they are only one breath. So David, in Psalm 62, 9, here, here essentially is warning us about trusting men, putting our trust in men. The multitude, uh, those of low degree, are changeable as the wind, is what he's saying. And the rich and noble seem to have much in their power, which is, which is also great if you're one of those people, right? But those that depend on either of those people are disappointed on a regular basis, you've probably felt that disappointment. Because weighing the balance of Scripture, all man can do to make us happy is really lighter than vanity. It's really lighter than vanity itself, is what Psalm 69 is saying. So even King David being King David didn't think too highly of himself. He, he believed the whole time throughout his whole life that God was the one who brought promotion. God brings promotion. Number two, he was reverent, and they're getting shorter, okay? He was reverent. This is Psalms 18.3. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. What's, what's David saying here? God is the ultimate. It's a privilege. 
It is a privilege to meet with the maker of heaven and earth, the one who put me on the face of this place. Number three, he was respectful. In Psalm 31, 9, he says, Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, and my soul and body are heavy with grief. Regardless of position, you should always know your place, right? Regardless of position, and David says the same thing, I know where I'm at. I need you, God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor and respect your position. Number four, he was trusting. This is Psalms 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord is the strong of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Nothing beats a man who trusts God with his life. Nothing. Nothing. No job, no boat, no anything, right? You guys like how I go to boat a lot? Boat just kind of sticks right there for me. Number five, he was loving. And you can be, when you look at these, you're going to, man, those are all really great. Yeah, if you pick all of them, you're going to pick none of them. I want you to pick one, okay? He was loving. I love you, Lord. Oh, Lord. I love you, oh, Lord. You are my strength is what Psalms 18.1 says. Numerous times. It's not just this time. It's numerous times throughout the Psalms. David tells us where his heart is for God. That's why he was called a man after God's heart. If you do everything and you do it perfectly, this is a huge point. If you do everything and do it perfectly but do not have love, you have nothing. You have nothing. The other day, Lainey come home from, I don't know where she came home from, but she had this sticker that said kindness. And I was like, mm, that's unique. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. And so it's like, hey, Lainey, what is kindness without love? And she said, it isn't. And I said, thank you. You can go. Love is the root. Kindness is the fruit. It's got to be loving or it's not kind, right? And so a random act disconnect from your heart is really nothing. It's, that's all it is, is random, right? And so... Number six, he was devoted. He was devoted to Psalms 4, 7. You filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and the new wine abound. Regardless of how good I have it or how much of it I have, Lord, my heart is yours. My heart is yours. I'm still going to be devoted to you. Even though I'm king of, I'm still going to be yours. My heart is yours. Seven, he was honoring. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart, and I will tell of your wonders. No one's greater than you. No one's greater than you. Consistently coming back. No one's greater than you. Uh, number eight, he was faithful. This is Psalms 23, 6. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, forever. Steady, consistent, committed is what David is saying. I know and believe where the best place for me is. It's right here with you, Lord. Every day of my life, it's where I'm going to be. FaceTime. Every day. Number nine, he was obedient. He asked in Psalms 119 to give me understanding and I will keep your law, and I will obey it with all of my heart, with all of my heart. Be a learner. Be a learner. Seek heart knowledge. Seek wisdom. Gain understanding. Proverbs tells you that this is the goal, the best thing. This is what all of these 31 chapters are all about. It's wisdom and understanding. And when wisdom and understanding is your best friend, you can't lose. You can't lose. So then seek God daily. Invest your time with him. Build great Christ-like character. Number 10, which is probably the most important, Saved it for last, he was repentant. In Psalm 25, he says, For the sake of your name, O Lord, give me iniquity, though it is great, though it is great. And you might feel that today. And if you do, just know that if you will actually get on your face before God and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Search my heart. Lord, take everything from me that is unclean, that is, ugh, take that. I want to walk in one of these 10 ways. I want to walk in all 10, but I'm going to start with one. God's going to do what only he can do. That's what he does. And so, Admit what you're wrong. Say you're sorry. Let your actions match your word. That's called integrity. When you're repentant, your actions and your words align. Man, God honors that. 
Let all repentance be led with your heart, not your head. Well, I know I probably should say sorry. I used to do that in my marriage. It didn't work out very well, okay? Uh, sorry you feel that way is what I used to say. Okay, that's not a genuine sorry. So David was a man after God's own heart because he demonstrated that his faith was committed to God. It's where his heart was, right? He's a great example of how we are to be devoted and to have the heart of God. And so when it comes to a FaceTime with God, I'll remind you of one last thing. It's John 15. I think I've talked about this every week in this scripture. God calls you friend. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. I've called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You are my friends if you do what I command, if you obey, if you obey. And so the most important valuable relationship you can have in your life is going to be with Jesus because he's the root of everything. Everything starts with Jesus. Henry Ford said, said it this way. He said, your best friend is the one who brings the best out of you. Your best friend is the one who brings out the best within you. That's great. The only person that knows what is in you is God. He should be your best friend. He should be the one we have a regular FaceTime with. I don't know anybody greater who can bring more out of you than the one who puts you on the face of the earth. And so then, what's unique in that is we all want the people around us to be better, Right? But when it comes time to us, we have to ask ourselves, how much am I engaging in this? How much am I putting in this or putting toward this? And so then we do that because of this. When I engage with God, I get better. When I get better, the people around me get better, right? And so then instead of, say, instead of expecting everybody else to pick me up, why don't I be the one that brings the light? That only comes through a regular FaceTime with God. And so scripture tells you that he's closer than a brother. And because he is, when I engage and have that regular time with him, he makes me better. This happens when you invest in that relationship. And so as a Christian or as a believer, the best thing that we can be is in a relationship with God. And the biggest battle we're ever going to win is going to start with that daily time with him, right? If we're disconnected, John 15 goes back and says, if we're disconnected and we're inconsistent, then we are apart. Apart from God, we can do nothing. So that's where we feel the stress, the pressure, the anxiety, the, the loss, the, the regret, the, uh, the all that, all that that's there, Right? And so then, I'm going to close with this. I'm going to remind you of the two points. FaceTime is a face-to-face -face meeting with somebody important. There's nobody more important than God. Jeremiah 24-7 was the root of this, right? I will give them a heart to know me. I would pray that you have a heart, just like David. I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be, be my people. Be his people. I will be their God. If you're his people, he'll be your God. And they will return to me with all their heart, with their whole heart. And so here's a recap of how we look and when we look. In your FaceTime with God, seek always, diligently, and earnestly. We talked about those, those churchy words. And then be expectant, focused, and patient. And God will meet you. God will meet you. You can't put his name on it and rush it. God didn't create you to go that fast anyways, right? So in your FaceTime, if you want to screenshot this, you totally can. In your FaceTime with God, be and look this way. Be and look this way. A regular FaceTime with God allows you to keep learning about who God is and what he has for you. And with that, God is going to continue to expand your horizons. That's the only way they, they grow. It's not harder work. It's not what you do for him. Proverbs 19.8 says this, it says, do yourself a favor and learn all you can. Then remember what you learned and you will prosper and you will prosper. 
The solution to most of life's problems is training. It's really learning, right? And so learn all you can. And so this is why I encourage you to take notes when you're here. If you take notes, it's really good because if you don't take notes, within 72 hours of this sweet 48-minute gathering, you'll forget 95% of what you heard, right? Learn all you can. Learn all you can. Remember what you learn so God can bless you. It's what Ecclesiastes 10.10 10 says. I'll give you your action steps. If the ax is dull, this is so good. If the ax is dull and you do not sharpen its edge, then you have to exert more energy or more strength. But with wisdom, to the sharpen your ax, you succeed with less effort. We started this series talking about we all want an easy button when it comes to our relationship with God. Ecclesiastes 10.10 10 is your easy button. A regular FaceTime with God is your easy button. If your ax is dull and you don't sharpen it, expect to work your butt off, right? Why won't this tree come down? Well, your ax sucks. Sharpen it. How do I sharpen it? Engage with God. Here's your action steps. Choose one. Choose one. Dusty, you said a lot today. I know I did. That's why I put it on the screen for you, okay? I believe, <laughs> I believe the responsibility I have here is, is pretty great. At least I treat it that way. And so be a son or a daughter after God's own heart, right? Choose one principle to be in your daily FaceTime with God. Choose one. Choose one. What are they? There they are. Two stacks of five. Humble, reverent, respectful, trusting, loving, devoted, honoring, faithful, obedient. Well, I struggle with obedience. Guess what? Start right there. Start right here. Because after this comes, this will come. After this comes, at least this is how it works for me, this came. After this came, ooh, I was here. I had, I had awesome habits. Then I learned how to love. Then I was humble. It took me a while. I'm a man, okay, so this is, this is hard for me. It was anyways. I understand now. Pick one. Pick one. Where does it start? Where should it start? Pick one. Because daily discipline, as you look at this, daily discipline leads to transformed desire. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.